You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Juicy Dolls, and welcome to all our juicy listeners. This is episode number 21. Woo! Yeah! Wait, where's the clapping? I keep doing it. Oh, that goes with it. That's good. That's a good all right. That'll yeah. work. <laughs> all right, y'all. In the building, uh, we have a special guest for our Spotlight in the D. Uh, we have Miss Armetta Landrum. Uh, she's a radio news traffic reporter, freelance writer, health and wellness blogger. Hey. So everybody, give Armetta Landrum a welcome. A welcome. Hey, I was about to say warm welcome, but it all kind of blended. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Well, hello, Amanda. everybody, and thank you for having me here this evening. Yes, yes. So Armetta uh, actually uh, was on the news uh, last year. Uh, about her weight loss surgery and her weight loss journey and where she's at today. And so tonight, uh, I just want her just to share her share her um, very um, strong story to give inspiring um, to inspire other other people as well. So, uh, Armetta, if you don't mind, just sharing your weight loss journey with us. Well, you know something, it, it has been quite a journey. I'd say most of my adult life. I just turned um, fifty eight about two weeks ago. Oh, so. Thank you, thank you. And uh, let me see, where can I begin? Um, at my highest weight, probably back in 2008, I was 412 pounds. Wow. And I knew something had to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and believe it or not, even, I mean, prior to that, um, I've always been part of the fit, uh, fit, the fitness industry, uh, teaching water aerobics, which I teach now at LA Fitness here in mm-hmm. Detroit. I am originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. And um, part of that weight loss journey was to say, you know something, I, I've got to do something about this. But, you know, there are other people who are like me who would probably feel better with a larger teacher who had to lose weight with them. So um, my real journey started back um, probably probably the early to mid-2000. Um, okay. Yeah. So um, what ended up happening, what was a real wake-up call for me, probably 2000, 2008, 2009, at 412 pounds, I was diagnosed with endometrial cancer. And nobody wants to hear that C word. You know, your heart sinks and you're just thinking, oh, my God, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. And I asked the doctor, I said, I just want to know two things. Why did I get it? And am I going to live? He says, you can live with what happened. He said, I'm going to tell you why you got it is because you're overweight. Mm -hmm. And what he explains for people is I believe, especially specifically women, um, is that when you're larger, you know, for some reason, we end up carrying more estrogen in our cells and um it, it makes, you know, that the whole cancer virus just go haywire. So I had to deal with that, getting a total hysterectomy, mm. you know. And as a female, that that's a very hurting thing mm-hmm. to know that, you know, your reproductive organs, you know, just had a full scrap job. They're gone now, you know. Right. Yeah. But, you know, and I thought about that. It's like I don't want anybody else to have to walk that 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 path. Right. Um, 
and still yet and still, you know, I, I was not successful in trying to lose weight. Uh, fast forward uh, 2008, 2010, around that time, my first trip to Mexico to have weight loss surgeries because insurance in this country sometimes can be an issue when it comes to um, seeking assistance and, and, and finances to help pay for the weight loss surgery. Well, um, I was denied. And so I said, well, you know, I, I'll go to Mexico, get a lap band. That time it went okay, but the band for me was unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Um, 2010, 12, you know, things just did not improve. They, mm-hmm. It just it just did not improve. Um, so I decided when I moved here in 2012, I said something really needs to be done. Um, at this point, I didn't have diabetes, but I had something called pulmonary hypertension. And what that is is that I couldn't walk maybe three or 400 feet without almost fainting. Mm. Um, and what was explained to me is for some, for some reason, for some crazy reason, your body just goes haywire and it sends the wrong messages. Most of you, if, if you're tired, you're running, you're jogging, you're doing whatever, you'll go, oh, I'm so tired. You catch a breath and, you mm-hmm. know, so your body says send you oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um, pulmonary hypertension sends you carbon monoxide, so you can't mm-hmm. breathe, and, and at any point you just have fainting spells. And I, I hid these things from people for years. When I got to WJR, which is in a Fisher building, mm-hmm. instead of walking through the hallways and the corridors of the building, I would kind of like go behind other elevators to go upstairs so people wouldn't stop seeing me. <gasps> I can't breathe. It was just so embarrassing. I didn't want anybody to know what I was going through. Mm. So finally, I said, you know, enough is enough. Um, I, I um, checked with Beaumont Hospital and um, a couple of, of other, you know, facilities here that really couldn't help me because, again, my insurance would not pay for it. Mm-hmm. It had an exclusion on it. They said, but but you fit the criteria. You're 412 pounds. You've got all these ailments and issues going on and um, I begged for somebody at Beaumont to help me. They said, well, there's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. We can't help you. And um, I met a Dr. Matthew Weiner mm-hmm. who is one of the most dedicated doctors I've ever met. He's a very, very wonderful, dedicated doctor, weight loss surgery, bariatric surgery, Michigan bariatric surgery. And um, he says, look, we'll find some financing to help you. That's not my issue with you. I said, well, you know, I think I did it once before. I'll do it again. I'll go back to Mexico and see if they can help. And he said, you're too sick to go to Mexico. Mm. And um, I was like, Dr. Weiner, I think I'm going to be fine. He says, just give me a little bit of time. Let's work this out. And at this point, when you're desperate Mm -hmm. when it comes to weight loss, because it impacted my life so negatively Mm -hmm. over the years when it when it comes to my social life and and just health and wellness. And, you know, and and people do discriminate, you Mm -hmm. know, not getting certain jobs because of, and especially the business I work in the media, it's all about what you look like. Things have changed a little bit, you know, as, as you see more reflections of normal people, you know, on TV reporting the news and different things. But once upon a time, it wasn't even coming from Cleveland. There were there were times where working at certain stations, you had to sign a clause saying you would not gain weight. Mm. Wow. You know, or people would come to me um 
Even on radio, I would always show up in somebody's TV shot and a woman actually saying, you know, I think you have such a pretty face. And I had a really big gap in the middle, you know, right here Mm -hmm. at my teeth. Still have a slight one. She says, you know, if you ever think about TV, she says, let me pay for your teeth to to get fixed. She says, because that big gap just looks so bad on television. But you're judged on these things. And that's part of what this business is. So I said, you know, I got to do something. I want to stay relevant in this business and I want to do well. Um. So I just said, forget. I said, Dr. Weiner, I'm just going to do this. I, I I wrote him an email. Dear Dr. Weiner, by the time you get this email, I'll be in Tijuana, Mexico, <laughs> getting my surgery, and I'm going to call you when I get back and we'll talk. And that was it. I didn't even tell anybody else. I think my best friend knew I was going. Didn't mm-hmm. tell my family or anybody else. Yeah. Flew to California by myself. And at that point, I could barely walk. I was so big and I was so ill. Mm-hmm. And... um. So I got down there, and uh, the, yeah, they they reassure you. Of course, they're going to tell you, oh, no problem. We do these all over. You know, everybody right. comes from all over the world. Everything's going to be okay. I said, are you sure? Because my doctor has some real concerns. He says, well, no, you're going to be fine. There was somebody here like 500 pounds last week, and he's just fine. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know, you're going to be just great. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so what ended up happening was, and, and these should have been little warning signs mm-hmm. going off. When I got there, they what they do is you fly into San Diego or whatever city. These all border the United States going into Mexico. And I've gone to some very dangerous places for um, for these surgeries. I remember being in Juarez, kind of going back to the first surgery. Um, and, they, and they're saying, by the way, uh, don't leave the hospital ground. They just killed like five Americans Ooh, over the weekend. Wow. So kind of, you know, stick around a little bit. And yeah, even at the border, they were like, what are you doing here? They just killed all these people. You literally come up. But um, again, when you're desperate and you want something and you're so emotional, it doesn't matter. I wanted my life back. I was desperate. So anyway, so um, I go to... They they they'll come and pick you up from the airport. It's like you're being drug like a drug <laughs> smuggler or something like that. And 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 they're they're smuggling you across the border. And so you get there and I'm looking at this place that I'm thinking, where's the hospital? It looked like a rehab Taco Bell or oh, something. Wow. It didn't even look like a hospital or a clinic. Wow. But, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, they say they did all these surgeries. I'll be okay. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. So you get in there. Then you find out half the staff cannot speak English. And it's like, yo, comprendo, you know, and just, you know, trying to kind of have this conversation that you're not having with these people. And you're just taking your chances and and hoping things are going to go well. So um, the day of the operation, they wheel you into the operating room. The second red flag was, this looks like a cafeteria. It doesn't look like an operating room. And um, and again, remember standards in other countries as as opposed to American medical standards far different. It's 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 mm-hmm. um, no comparison really, you know, because mm-hmm. you, you just don't know what you you're gonna get when you get to these other countries. Mm-hmm. And um, because they're they're not held by the same standards mm-hmm. as we are here in the United States, so. Um, you know, and, and all, during all this time, what's going through my mind is what Dr. Weiner had said to me. He says, Armetta, if something happens, all they're going to do is rush you back over and will you back over the border and just shove you into an American hospital. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And so um, I woke up. Well, as they were rolling me into the operating room, um, another concern was when the anesthes- anesthesiologist walked in. 
beautiful woman. She had on a jogging suit. She wasn't even dressed in medical attire. Oh, wow. And I said, okay, (laughs) I'm still going to go ahead and do this. Oh, man. you know, in the back of my mind, get off this table, mm-hmm. run as fast as you can. I was like, no, we're going to do it. So I went for a very specific operation, the gastric bypass, which is probably the most dangerous mm-hmm. procedure out of all of them because mm-hmm. that's the major, the Cadillac yeah, of yeah. weight loss surgeries. Right. So um, what ended up happening was I woke up maybe about six, seven, eight hours later, I, I can't even remember, but when I woke up, I remember them saying, well, we didn't give you the gastric. We we put in a, a weight loss sleeve, the sleeve. Right. And at, I said, why? He says, because you were having some complications. They really didn't go into what. But several hours later, I began feeling very, very sick. And I said, something's not right. Day one, day two passed by. Everybody else is up walking around right, right. and everybody's great. And I just could not stop you know, throwing up and Mm -hmm. just saying there's something wrong. And um, they took x-rays and and he says, no, everything's right. It's just that, you know, you've got so much weight to lose. You're just sick. You just get get on that plane and go back to Detroit. You'll be fine. (laughs) And um, I said, no, I said, really, something's wrong. And um, finally, I had to call my best friend back home in the States. I said, Karen, you got to help me. You've got to convince them to take me to a hospital. I'm not going to make it if they don't. Mm. And one of the things that you have to be concerned about, two things, too, when you think about it's called medical tourism when you leave the United States Mm -hmm. and go someplace else is Mm -hmm. that, one, that you don't come up missing. Somebody needs to know where you Mm -hmm. are because Mm -hmm. in Mexico you can come up missing easy. It's it's very easy. The Mm -hmm. other thing is if you get in a really bad situation in Mexico in the hospital there, and let's say that you didn't have all the money to cover that procedure, you don't leave the hospital until your family pays for you to get out of there. You're basically a prisoner. So Yes, you are. See, people don't know these things. Yeah. So so finally, um, she had to get on the phone um, with the hospital that was near the border, um, a San Diego hospital, a wonderful hospital that took care of me. But she called them. Sharp Memorial was a hospital. And she says, my friend is in Mexico. She needs help to get out. And so she had to stay on the phone with international services just to make sure I got back over the border. And at this point, I was so ill. It, it wasn't even an ambulance. The doctor himself finally the the bells went off. He finally realized there is something wrong with her. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "I'm gonna my driver and my, my myself and my driver. We will take you to the hospital." Mm-hmm. And I'm just in the back of the van, just trying to breathe because I'm like, if I stop breathing, this is over. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, you know, I can't talk. I just keep. I said, just keep talking, keep talking. So finally, they they got me to the hospital. Apparently, my friend had a conversation, you know, with the staff before I got there. So there was medical staff, everybody just waiting for me as I arrived. Mm. They wheeled me into emergency. And I think that night, as Dr. Weiner reminded me, he says, in your notes, the night that you showed up, they didn't think you were going to make it that night. He says, you were, have you ever heard of the term sepsis? Yeah. Okay, I guess that's when your whole body is your your body toxic. is mm. toxic from poisons. And mm. keep in mind, I had nine holes in my stomach, and they cut my colon. Mm. So oh. I'm totally poisoned oh. from head to toe wow. at that point. And um, and I just remember immediately being put on a bunch of antibiotics, and um, 
several days after that, what I remember was them saying, this is going to be a long journey back. You know, stomachs take a long time to heal. You have all mm-hmm. this going on. So I'm thinking, oh, two or three weeks tops, I'll be back. There's so many layers on your stomach yeah. when they cut through it. So it's yes, yes, extremely hard surgery. And, and that's why it's like weight loss surgery, for the most part in this day and age, is a very safe procedure mm-hmm. but yet and still there's dangers oh, in everything that you do right. you know it's still dangerous but mm-hmm. you know you want to make sure that you've checked out the doctor mm-hmm. you understand the procedure and you've done everything that you Your need research. to do yeah. yeah to prepare for that yeah. so what ended up happening was several days after i arrived at sharp memorial um all i remember was talking on the phone um this was early september uh 2014 um, they had to put me in a medically induced coma. I didn't wake up until probably after the holidays. Wow. And when I woke up, I had a trach. Um, I was strapped to a bed. Um, and that, and when, when I finally came to enough, they said, do you know where you are? And I kind of remembered a little bit of where I was. And finally they said, do you know what city you're in? And I just cried. I'm like, I don't know where I am Mm. and what happened to me. And they explained everything. And from that day on, it was a a long journey back. It really, really was. Um, I think I shared some of the pictures with you. But during that time, you know, when I woke up, I have uh, numerous holes in my stomach, if you were to see it, where they had tubes inside of me and I was tubed and strapped to a wall because it had it was suction mm-hmm. because it had to keep sucking the content out of my stomach. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I've learned to people, you've seen people with trachs and different things yeah. and the horrors they have to go through just to make sure that suctions the suctions yeah. mm-hmm. and when they would have to come in with that machine to go into my lungs for the suction, I would scream. I mean, that's how painful that it was. And um, and I'm thinking it's like what have I done, you know? Right. But at this time, I'm two three thousand miles away from home, my family, my friends, and you know it's just like thinking I was never going to see Detroit again. I was never going to see my family again. But I just had that fight to keep going. I would just wake up and say, you know what? You can't give up. Um, I am a firm believer in in Jesus Christ and and. That That is my life. And I really felt during that coma, even though they were calling home and telling my family or, you know, it's like she's not going to make it. You need to come out and see her one last time. I really felt the spirit of God telling me, you know, you might be on life support, but I'm breathing life into you every day. Mm, wow. So it was it was he was there for me. And, and that's what got me through just knowing my healing scriptures, knowing who God was, that kept me going. Yeah. And it was a fight back because I lost the ability to walk. Um, I couldn't talk because I had the trach. And my first thought was, am I ever going to be able to talk again? Because a lot of times people come out with damaged vocal cords right. and right. can never talk again. Right. This is how I make my living as right. a reporter. Right. And um, you go through a step down. It was a journey even with that. It's a step down program that you have to go through the, with the trach and different valves and different things in your throat. So the day that they put the speaking valve in they said say something and I looked in horror and tears just coming out my eyes it's like God what if I don't have a voice Mm -hmm. and when I heard my own voice I cried Mm. my God yes I cried and um you know, it was it was a day to day thing. Like I said, they were that that the hospital staff so wonderful. Just became my family, very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And by January 5th, from the time that – from August to January, mm-hmm. they finally – I was boarding a plane to finally come home. Oh, um, but during that time, all that time, um, could not eat, could not drink. They kept me alive with an NG tube. That's how I was fed every day. Mm. And um, when I got back here um, in that March 2015, Dr. Weiner, the original doctor who asked me <laughs> not to go in the first place. Well, the funny part was he was the first person when they took the valve out and I could talk. I said, Dr. Weiner, I called him first. I said, you were right. Everything happened to me just like you said it would. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't say anything. He paused for a second. He said, I'll take care of you when you get home. That's, don't worry about it. Um, and he was so awesome that my friends from Cleveland would just call his office and he would just talk to them just to try to keep them calm. It doesn't mean she's going to die. She's on life support. You know, I'm here for her when she comes back. And um, he and I have been joined at the hip ever since. If I could clone that man, I'd marry him. <laughs> but um, so he had to do several different operations. But after that, he did a seven-hour operation, like I said, to redesign my whole anatomy. Mm-hmm. I had to wear a colostomy bag. I don't know if anybody knows mm-hmm. what that is. Mm-hmm. Right. So that wasn't a happy thing. So mm-hmm. that was another operation. Um, and, and just knowing to have to deal with that was horrific in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, it's like, you know what? I'm going to get through this just like I got through everything else. I'll get through this. And so um, six months later, he reversed the bag and took, you know, so everything was fine with that. Several months after that, December 2015, I fell down, kept telling people, I kept telling doctors, something's wrong. My legs are weak. Um, my back hurts a little bit. They said, well, you've been in the hospital all this time. You're, you got to get strong again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, got to keep working at it. So I said, okay. But I kept saying in the back of my head, something's just not right. Mm-hmm. So December 15th. Uh, 2015, I fell down and I realized I couldn't feel anything from the waist down, from the sternum down. I'm like, I can't move my feet. I can't touch. I can't feel anything. So luckily, and I live alone, um, uh, I, I had my phone near me. I called 911. I said, I can't get up. It's like, help, I've fallen. I can't get up. And um, so when they got there, they took me to the hospital immediately that night. I had another operation. They went in and they took bones out of my spine oh, because I had something called osteomyelitis. Uh-huh. Have you ever heard of the, the, the bacteria MRSA? Yeah. Yeah. MRSA was growing in my spinal cord oh, my and it was God. causing paralysis. Oh, wow. And um, I said, I cannot. So I, oh, I didn't. It, it happened so quickly. Um, that night they did the operation. I didn't wake up for two days and they told me what happened. And all I saw on a paper was either paraplegic or something. I'm like, are you kidding? Um, and still couldn't move anything. I said, all right, I got to put my faith in action again, you know. So that was a journey. That was a fight back because I was, I had a major meltdown the first time they took me out of a bed. I don't know if I was ever able to share. Um, some of the pictures um, with that, and I'll pass it around in a second. But um, the the very first day I had gone down to rehab for therapy, I had a meltdown. I couldn't. I didn't even want to get up and try. It was like I can't go through this again. God, this was like the fourth time that I had to learn how to walk again mm-hmm. during this whole you know scenario. And um, so finally, I was like, okay, you can't give up. You got to keep going. I I finally was able to get out of that wheelchair to a walker and was able to go home. But uh, 
it was it was challenges when I got home. Again, I'm here. I live alone. I'm I'm single. Mm. Looking though, if anybody's listening, um, <laughs> I'll put it out there. Thank you. But uh, you know, I mean, I had my struggles when I got home. Um, one of the things that happens sometimes, and, and people don't understand when somebody is paralyzed, is that your brain loses connection to muscles and to cells and to different parts of your body. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I'm just keeping this real, talking about this, just to let people know how in depth these things can go for people. But it, it's given me more of a heart, even more so, when something happens to somebody to be there for them. Is I had no control over my bodily functions, right? And there were times, you know, somebody would have to, they had to clean me up, or when I was by myself a couple times and I'm struggling by myself. Um, I fell and I was my legs were still so weak that I couldn't get up. And there were times, you know, and this is really hard to tell people, but this is the truth. The police had to come and get me out of my own excrement. Excrement. Mm-hmm. They, they they did, mm-hmm. you know, and just dealing with all that, the humiliation of it, and mm-hmm. and and just saying, you know, God, I can't, I can't do this anymore. But um, things got stronger. I didn't get up. I had to put up with the humiliation. It was humiliating to have that happen. So. Um, I, things progressed. I got better. I was fine. Oh, was I lost the ability to drive for a while? And oh, you may never drive again. I'm like God. There's no such thing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And um, I I taught myself how to drive. But this was after getting out of rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, after that happened and going back home, I had to get to a doctor's appointment. I didn't have anybody to take me to the doctor. I said, being who I am. I'll take myself barely on, could, uh, still on a walker, could barely feel my feet. Get in the car, get on 75, going to the doctor in the dead winter, oh, spun out of control, and had a horrible accident. No. no. <laughs> yes. And it's like, okay. Um, it's minor injuries. Oh, my God. Be- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> minor injuries behind that one. It was even funny before, um, right before I left the hospital in San Diego, a doctor came to me because you have like a care team, you know, when, right. when, when, when you're in a hospital like that. And he came to me, he says, you know, I was part of your care team. You really don't know me. He says, but I got to tell you something. He says, I am a doctor and I watched what you had to go through. He says, I'm a doctor and I couldn't have gone through what you did. You are truly a miracle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think that, you know, God allows someone else to experience that miracle. Maybe it wasn't so much for me, but maybe for somebody else. For somebody else. Yeah. That's and, how it goes. And, and, and that's, yeah. That's exactly how it goes. And yeah. so, yeah. So, but after the paralysis, you know, I started working hard every day. I went from a walker to a wheelchair. I got rid of the cane about two months ago. Um, started back at three uh, WJR. Um, several months ago, about a half a year ago now, getting back to work because mm-hmm. that was the other thing too. You know, uh, I didn't work for two years because this happened, and I found out at the worst time that I'd lost my full time position with them as I was flying in from San Diego to come back to Detroit. Mm-hmm. As I'm landing, I'm getting a text message: "We couldn't hold your job." So it's like I lost everything. Yeah. I lost everything, well, but no, um, because you still had your life. So yeah. you had everything in the game. I mean, most most what's most important that you're here 
to tell your story because mm-hmm. most people don't get a chance to speak. They sure don't. They don't. And and I feel very blessed, very grateful that I'm able to share that story and doing something that's really important to me now because one of the things that, that again, has always been kind of a calling for me is to uh, always been very involved in, with health and wellness, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to you know, the black community and, and, and really wanting to kind of get that word out, the, the message out, how important it is to really take care of ourselves. But yes. everybody yes, needs to hear that loud and clear right. because, you know what, this is not a dress rehearsal. Yeah. Uh-huh. You got one shot at this. You got to take care of what yes. you have and what you've been given. Yes. And um, so it started teaching water aerobics again. Um And so that's kind of where I am right now as of September 2017. Oh, awesome. what a blessing. So so how can someone get in touch with you if they want you to like cuz you 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 from from my understanding, you do train. Um yes, we do. Um LA Fitness. Um if they want to get in touch with me, come to Water Aerobics, you know, or you want me to do some sort of speaking engagement or whatever, I'd be more than happy to. Uh-huh. Um I my email address, I'll start with that. Mm-hmm. is my name, Landrum Armetta. It's L-A-N-D-R-U-M. First name is A-R, M is in money, E-T-T-A, Landrum Armetta, one word, at gmail.com. Okay, guys, and we're going to put all of Armetta's uh, information, and I want to put your weight loss pics. Uh, definitely. Yes, on our, and we'll put it on the social media so you guys can check that out and definitely connect with her um, for your weight loss journey or just health journey or just to connect. You know, right. right? I mean, just if you just need some connect. inspiration, inspiration you know? to get. I tell you, I can't do that water aerobics. I tried it, oh, baby. I'm gonna do it. She, she I, invited us to come. I have officially invited everybody so to come do to it. class. We do a talk yeah, juicy I, live show or in the water. In the water. The thing is this: I'm not. And you're invited to. I'm not water friendly. I'm not water friendly. So I literally stood on the side of the wall. And they was kind of looking at me like, girl, will you move? No, I'm going to stay here where I feel safe. I was doing everything, but I was in one place. I refused to move throughout the water because I don't I'm afraid of dying. I don't like the water. water I'm not water friendly. Spend some time with me before you know it. You will be swimming. I almost guarantee you that you're going to love it. Just give me another. Give it another shot. Which one are you? Which um, L.A. Fitness are you? Okay, I teach at two different L.A. Fitnesses. Um. The LA Fitness 13 Mile and Gratiot, that's Roseville, Tuesday, Thursday, 6 to 7. And also teach at the St. Clair Shores 8 Mile and Vernier, Tuesday, Thursday, 9 to 10 in the morning. Okay. I go to the one in Roseville. Okay. Uh, 13 and Gratiot, right? Yes. Would love to see you guys there. I appreciate so much that you're having me on your show today and to share my story. Thank you. We appreciate you sharing with us your story and giving us all inspiration and actually understanding that there's risk involved when you're trying to lose weight and things that you need to consider before you make certain moves. And so we really thank you for sharing your information. Awesome. I love Definitely it. But you go stay with us. You're, you're yeah, safe. yeah. Because we, we, got, we got a few more, you know, we got about 20 more minutes or so with the show. So our man's going to stay with us and give her input on our juicy topics. All right, y'all. So this week, question of the week is... Oh, here we go. Why do we stay in bad friendships? A lot of people... 
stay in bad relationships. Mm-hmm. What they always everybody talk about? Not since I say that everybody talk about bad relationships. They don't talk about bad friendships. Right. <laughs> it's the same. But there are definitely it's some the bad same feelings. Yeah, it is. I mean, the only thing about it, the difference is you're not sexual with them. But we go through the same emotions. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. I feel that way right now. Oh. Toxic. I ain't saying no I, no name, baby. I, got I think when, when I think about bad friendships, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just about, gonna look around the room. I think about what Child, what, what do we call them? Energy it's, vampires. Yeah. Yeah. They just suck, suck the life suck out dry. of you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, As we throw shade, we throw shade at each other. We throw shade That's, in the room right now. Shade. If we had a whip, y'all could hear the next is swept. But the thing about it is, it's just it's just so hard. I mean, the same emotions. People do not talk about bad friendships at all. They do not. And it's just like you go through. Literally, you go through the same emotions, but you're not sexual with the person. That's just a thing you do because you love them. You know, because yeah. you're sexual. But other than that. We're still in a relationship. <laughs> I don't care if you're a man why, yeah. or a woman. I'm I'm into you. Like you into me. Mm-hmm. We're dating each other. We're going to the movies. We're hanging out. Right. We're telling each other our whereabouts. Why I call you? We we still what she just checked me. <laughs> we still did. we still going through our emotional roller coaster <laughs> as friends. And but we stay in bed, but then we have friendships that's so and I had to get let go. You know, some, well, they let some me go. Some people let me go. But <laughs> they just walked away they from those, Some people walked away like <laughs> deadbeat dads. I ain't heard from them. I'm like, what happened? That's me. I walked away. You know, and I had to find one in the bathroom at a club, and she and she didn't have a reason. I'm like, why do you stop talking? I was hurt crying in the bathroom at a club, seeing her. So it was just like, <laughs> why? And seen. Yeah, but, but, like, does, but, that, but does that stop and make you think, oh, my gosh, well, this person quit talking to me, that yeah. person quit. Well, then there's that. That common denominator, which is you. I thought that until Woo-hoo! I did. I thought until, until I did analysis, I'll, a full body analysis. <laughs> yeah, they just wasn't analysis. on the same level as me. I did a me. full body analysis of me, and I realized no, because I asked. That's why I said I mm-hmm. thought it was. So I was so happy to run into one. You know, I said, "Damn, yeah, what did I do to y'all? What did I do?" And it wasn't. It wasn't. Well, what was their explanation? It was very silly. It was very silly. You remember? I told it. I told the story like at the beginning of our shows. Yeah. It was. It was. It's, it was very silly. It didn't have nothing to do with anything. I think it was just a change of, of life. Of, and that know, will happen. And know when you like when one person have milestones of marriage and kids and things and another still in their party mode. And it's just a change of life. It's yeah. just a change and, of and life. They feel that, that right. you, Yeah, they feel the true change. Right. And you're no longer right. a part of that group. Yeah. And technically, and it, it is it, true. It's and, truth. and it's true. That is true. I'm was, that friend that I'm the single young party friend. <laughs> like, I like to have a great time, but all of my friends have kids, kids and are full blown. But I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. Just don't invite me to your friends, 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 kids time because I'm not coming. I don't have kids. And that's fine. You know, because I mean, my thing saying, is, yeah, like, at a part of time in my life, I think at the beginning of, in the early 2000s, changes. a lot of my friends were getting married, mm-hmm. a lot of friends and family, and I was not. I was the single one in the group. Right. But I was uh, I was so concerned with losing those friendships that I backed off, but I was still in contact with them. But I backed off because I was like, well, dang, I don't want to be considered as a bad friend. I don't want their husbands to be thinking that I'm trying to get them out here to do what I'm doing. Yeah. So I pulled away. But I had to begin to talk to my friends and find out, like, okay, but you're not that girl. You're not that chick. But I thought that they was going to view me that way or think that I was going to be after their man. And that's just the way that 
I was. So everybody's not like that. So some people yeah. are just, some you, people get you, jealous of your lifestyle. I think you have to pull huh. back them As damn you, haters. And, uh, I'm probably, I, think, I think I'm a hundred years Ross, older. Huh? than everybody here <laughs> so I mean yeah. this is just my perspective is that and I had gone through that because yeah. it was like you know the people you grew up with you know the girls you hung out with that's my yeah. girl and blah 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 but yeah well your girl's married she's got kids now yeah. and you know you took a career path and so it's not that you still don't love each other you just have to learn how to love them in a different way now right mm-hmm. and with maturity I learned that through those type of relationships yes. with, with, with maturity like I learned that if someone has a bad day it ain't about me. Let them have their damn bad day. Yeah. Let them have their moment. Some people got to have a moment in their life. Let and be a sounding uh, board give, for them give, sometimes. Give them their moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and yes, and let them let them know that they could talk to you about their moment and sure. have it. And if they don't want to talk about it, don't. it's okay. And that's okay, right. too. It's, everything is okay. And I learned that in my, in my early 20s, I held on to that. Well, maybe she don't like me. Well, why is she mad at me? Why is she ain't calling me? Why I ain't go? Why does she went out and then call me? Well, that still happened. That still happened. Well, uh, you know, but you just so, have to let people be themselves. Oh, I felt that tension. Yeah. No, you saw that tension. Yeah, I and, that. Then, and, then, and, there, and then there are times you have to realize, too, that people that I you know right now. And people that you know, everybody's not there to be maybe attached to you for the rest of your life. People right. have seasons in your they life. They sure yes, do. Yes, they do. Yes, yeah. they do. Not even that. Some people are branches or leaves. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you never know when they might fall off. Really? No, that's really? a very so, good. I like so, that. I that was but good. But you have to be open about that because I have tons of friends and <clears throat> the pepper to be pepper bits. To be pepper But like, I have tons of friends <laughs> and I'm the friend that understands that. Okay, like I understand for my friends with kids that. When I come around, it's going to be family time. Like, right. That's totally fine. I have some parents who are always depressed. Like, when I come around, y'all know you're going to be depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just all you, you learn how to deal with friends and different relationships. Right. But I do. I do not believe by sticking by bad friendships or relationships. If there's something there and there's a disconnect, there's a disconnect for a reason. You don't hold on to anything that's disconnected. You sure disconnected. know. Some people just gotta let so it, You got to let go. I, I some believe, people you have to let go. For some right, reason, when I try to make female friends, we last three years. I do not. I Three years tops. I don't have it, no male, male, me and male friends. No. Then it fizzles. It fizzles. They get weird or, you know, I just see something. <laughs> but I think it's your early 20s phase. Because it I was in, I was, and like I said, right, I was, I was going through the same thing. I was going through the same thing. And early, in their 20 phase, because of the maturity and dealing with different people, mm-hmm. you'll learn. Mm-hmm. And your 30s will be different. Trust me. Yeah. When you see a woman, you can hold on to her. Dear life, don't go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't you leave me. It's not this time. It fizzles. And I just think, you know, I sometimes, uh, what I do is okay. I, I step back and I'm like, okay, what's going on? What's going wrong in this friendship? And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, I gotta let them go. No, or or give them space. Because right. I have I have friends who go ahead, go ahead. I'm right. No, I was gonna say yeah, yeah right. Because you know sometimes you have to look at it like this too. Yeah, uh, again, you go through phases with people, and you, sometimes you guys go let them do what they need to do and mm-hmm. let them be them. Yeah. But I think the thing my one of my philosophies I live by when it comes to people now is everything has an expiration date. Yes, yeah. everything yes, does. Yes, yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, and like I say, it's just you know give people their space. Definitely. And sometimes they come back like a like a male, like a man or whoever you enter into yeah. men and women. They will come me, back. Me and Shy has broken up yeah. for eighteen years. Came but back, come back, yeah, come back stronger. And, you and know, each it, time. Right, One day something. I made a status on purpose because I knew he had called me. I said I bought a dog today. He called me. What <laughs> sure type did. of dog is that? <laughs> so I knew, like I knew he had come back. 
I want if another I, dog right now. No. <laughs> oh, Lord. I knew he'll come back because I, I was like, ooh, I know who will call me. Yeah. Because I had also, no friends. This is what I do. I'm like, okay, he'll call me. And Bye. then, like, another thing with friends, because I had my friends like, oh, I only talk to you like once a month. That's fine. You're my once a month conversation friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I'm still holding on to It's you. about understanding that your means, circles so, yeah. and who I'm, you allow in certain yes. parts of your circle. Some people are just man. good to go out. To dinner with, you know, and maybe that's exactly. a once a month thing. And, and you know, everybody has together. their place Crazy. in your life, right. and, and that's okay. They, they play their own role, and, and you that's be okay, okay with that. But when, mm-hmm. with, with maturity, you learn. It. You do, and I learned that. I learned because I was immature. I and learned that as well because actually, but the hurt Saturday, still remains the same. Yeah, <laughs> it and, and, okay. No, seriously, it really does because all my friends like call, like had this group issue. So then they're like. Well, we're having a sit down Saturday, and I'm like, oh. Oh my God, I hate a sit down. I never. Can we I have had the sit so down? This is our first and last sit down. And I haven't had that many. Oh, this is I had the first a lot. I have more of them um, with family. I'm, 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 I live <laughs> in Jurassic friends. Park. What is a sit down? Okay. Basically, literally. go ahead, Rashad. So a, a sit down is like, look here, it's, 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 it's becoming too much. Everybody say what they have to say and get over it. <laughs> if you can sit here and listen to this sit, sit down, you're a real friend. If not, Leave. I like that. And, and, like and it's that. nothing wrong. We all have to accept oh, that people are my the way past they are. job. Yes, just yeah, keep it real. Just keep it real. Come sit down. Yeah. I never had to say I always yeah. say, I love yeah. sit down because you, you hash it out. I love sit down. I think it's important at work. Yeah, it is. It's weird. That's what I'm saying. I love it. We have a meeting in the restroom in like five minutes. I love sit downs. You hash it out. So I think that's important. You don't hold on to it. But then sometimes sometimes it can go left field. It just depends on the maturity of the people and who you're. And then you have to know some who you can confront with certain things. Some people you have to wait till the right moment. You can't always just go and have a sit down mm. because that person is not ready to receive what and you some need people to say. That's a you have to Air text, yeah, yeah. Everybody's not ready for a sit down. Yeah, but I like sit down because I like hashing. I like talking. Yeah, yeah I actually walked into a sit down before. You know, I I was going out to eat with my friend. I haven't seen her in like five years. She like, I got a bone to pick with you. I'm walking. I just w- literally walked in and walking up to the table, taking off my coat. She's like, I got a bone to pick with you. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, let's start picking. Like, let's get it over with so we can have this great time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, get it over with. He yeah. saw she's such a free spirit. Yeah. So I think friendship. So I think and we're again, still friends. right? So That's again, good. we people don't talk about it, but friendships are the same mm-hmm. as a relationship yeah. without sex, right? Yeah. Exactly. You still got to communicate. You still got to communicate. You, you still got to talk. You still date each other. Yes, and when you do. don't take each other out on dates, one person get mad, or if you mm-hmm. out with somebody else cheating, hanging out, <laughs> you mad. About yeah. that, because yeah, I'd be I'll mad at a couple of my friends. Yeah, yeah, but you always out. I never get an invite. Oh. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, <laughs> you anyway, invited to my party. You didn't come. I actually what? told my friends that I was going to wear some sunglasses tonight. <laughs> Should and have. I left him at home. Well, well, well since I'm the, the elder day. spokesperson yeah. here, I just want to say that the, the important thing is dealing with people, because um, you, in a few minutes ago in the conversation, is to, you might be angry with somebody, or like you said, you, yeah, I don't want to talk to her no more, she my friend, but you know what, don't, don't hold that in don't your heart, just, in. yeah, just keep an open heart, because that person I ain't may ready. come back, I ain't ready, no, I'm just, light as a feather, <laughs> stiff as a bird is about the heart. Yeah, you know, yeah, keep an open heart, heart, keep an open heart. Shut up, Sean. You ain't lying with all these. Depec- What's his Pe- name? People will come and go. You just oh never God. know. Yeah, they would. I actually just went to one of his conferences. You know what? I can't even get it out. <laughs> say his name, Sean. I can't even say it right now because <laughs> of the margarita. <laughs> 
right, y'all. So it's time. Well, thank you. Well, anyway, y'all, but friendships. Hold on to your friends, y'all, especially if y'all in your 30s and up. And like I meant to understand. Some people are seasoned to understand that. There's nothing wrong with understanding. That's right. All right, y'all. So time for the juicy news. Wait, wait, wait before we go to the juicy news. What happened? Whoa there. What? What you got? I have my own juicy news. Congratulations. She's getting. Uh, is that an. Oh, she's engaged. Oh my gosh. It is. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. Oh, I'm so happy for yeah. you. We'll give hugs on the way out. <laughs> What's the secret? Tell me because I'm looking. Our own Yvette Tell here. Me, here. Uh, the counselor has got engaged. She's off the market, y'all. Yes. So scratch off all y'all lists. Oh, we too loud. Oh, okay. so scratch her off the list. Yeah, it's over. It's a wrap. Oh, <laughs> he untied so me down. He got me on the boat. He surprised me. Oh, Beautiful. that's so sweet. So sweet. Yes. Well, I guess that is the juicy news. Listen, this is Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra. That's his name. Okay, but yeah, that was a juicy. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> That's the juice. Oh, so congratulations. No, congratulations. And it really is beautiful. I don't want to think that was like shady. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Thank you, Rashad. Thank you. You cleared it up. All right, y'all. So for the other juicy news, have y'all heard about Kim Kardashian and Kanye's surrogate? Mm-hmm. Let's hear it, girl. Feel me in. Okay, so Kanye and and, 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 and Kim, they can, well, Kim cannot, you know, do to difficulties of pregnancies. Uh, she has uh, the disease uh, with her placenta. You know, she's yeah, basically she, she can't carry kids. She can't basically she can't carry. Right. It. It's a hard pregnancy. I get it. I get it. Right. And um, so what she did, she wanted to continue on with her family, so she has a surrogate. Uh, I'm assuming she went through an agency because it makes sense. This is so. It makes sense. Oh, she did. She went through an agency mm-hmm. uh, because she uh, paid $45,000. She gave that to the mom. The woman she chose is an African-American woman who was married to an African-American man. They made a point to let that know. Um, African-American woman with an African-American man who has two kids that has been married for five years, who's very, seems like she's a very successful woman because she's young in her 20s but has her master's degree. So she's in her career. That's Mm -hmm. good. And so they want to make sure basically whoever they chosen was uh, stable and not going to take their kid. You know what I mean? Someone who right. has a life, who has a family, who's not about to run away. Uh, so they did a good choice. It sounded like they did a really good choice. Uh, so she has a surrogate. And of course, she had backlash because people said how good she looked. Hell, you know how hard it is in your 30s. Because you, Kim ain't never looked this good. Her body is snatched. Yeah. Yes, it <laughs> is. It's snatched. snatched. It, I mean, it it, Kim back in the day, yeah, big booty curves. But her body right now is Tone. It's a different from tone snatch than Dangerous. fat booty snatch. Right. Yeah. She's toned. She's She's very toned right now. I get it. So she getting backlash. People say she didn't want to mess her body. Hell, that could have been a point too. Yes, I get it. Uh, because when you're in your thirties, well, she has the right to choose that. She sure the hell does. But didn't Jane Fonda? Jane Fonda. Said she didn't want kids because she didn't want to ruin her body or something like she ain't that. She about to say that. Not who, so, Barbara Rella. Who's the workout said, lady? <laughs> <laughs> what, what you know about? Oh, Barbarella, I love Barbarella, girl. I used to love. I want. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's you know. But I think it's nothing wrong with 
it. I honestly feel more power to them, more power to them um, building a family up. It's no wrong to it, but I think so much, you know, celebrities, especially the Kardashians, have so much backlash on anything right. and everything that they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I honestly feel there's nothing wrong with them trying to expand their family, especially if she, because I honestly feel from, from what I see, because they have, they like an open book. If they, if she could carry, she would carry. Mm-hmm. It's nothing wrong with and that. It, and she actually went, she had, um, she, they filmed it during the show. They were talking about her, she really can't carry kids. Like It's she, hard. Right. No, like she really liked that they, the eggs don't, they don't make it. They don't right. attach. They don't hold on. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that percent, her That's disease, the, the percent, it's yeah. like they reject it. They, yeah. they, they, it's like she had her, when she get pregnant, her baby, they, yeah. her body rejects it. Right. And she was lucky to have the two that she had. Yes. They both were high risk pregnancy. Having kids, right. it, I mean, some women you see with so many multiple kids, more power to them, but it is, each pregnancy is different and pregnancy is Hard. Yes, it is. Duh. ED added to it. So, um, I mean, it, it, it's more power to her, and I think that, you know, I you know, wish the best for him, and case of rah Okay, y'all, if y'all in Detroit, y'all know what's going down. What's the big news in the D today? The Little oh, Caesars the Arena little Oh, God. Y'all took a part. Yes. Yeah. Kid Rock. Kid Rock is opening the house tonight at the Little Caesars Arena. And I will be lifting tonight at the Little Caesars Arena. <laughs> <laughs> but what are your feelings about that? I mean, because as a news reporter, what I'm dealing with is people being upset because they're saying that, you know, I guess he has embraced the Confederate flag and, yeah. and we're saying has. that we shouldn't support him. Right. Yes. But but the, the, he always has. One, but two, 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 one. Yes, yes. I was like at a few years back, I was at an NWACP conference. He came, he was invited. This was years back, probably about four or five, maybe five years back. Five years back, he was at an NWACP conference here at Cobo Hall. And he gave, I forget how many amounts of dollars. It was a nice amount. I don't know if it's like 100000 totaled towards different charities in Detroit. Uh, he One thing, person, he do give. And then recently he did say he denounced the Nazis, told him to get out the country. I think he's just... He, people do things for show. I, that's they what do. I'm about to say. He's a yeah. showman. And somebody, it's he's my a showman. doesn't he have a black child? Yeah. That's what I hear. He's a showman. Yeah. He has a black son. Don't I don't put nothing past Kid Rock is a true showman. I don't put it past him either. I don't think he's a racist. I don't think I don't he's a racist. Think he, he allows I think he's a showman. He's very open. I think he's a showman and he knows how to build the crock. Hell, he has six concerts here and they all sold out. I mean, he's a showman. He has he a huge following. Entertainer, his he's audience. A, but he knows how to change it for political reasons because he did he's not doing the flag anymore. He's right. not, he don't have the conflict course, no one, you know, he don't so, have a fag anymore. Go ahead. I just got to ask a question. She would get kind of diverting away from that a little bit. Your feelings as, as a, a young group of African-Americans here, your feelings about them taking down the, 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 the statues, the Confederate statues, Columbus, Christopher Columbus, some of the other statues. What are your feelings about that? Because a lot of that's been going on here, too. I'm glad. I mean, it's I'm glad it's, 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 it's in and the right. I, it's a slow moving what you call them little boats that moves real slow? <laughs> What's a little boat? What's a little boat? Well, a little tugboat no. or tugboats. It's a slow tugboat in the right direction. Okay. Yeah. I don't What's think the statue means anything. The damage is done. I think the, the mindset of uh, you the, know, the mindset no, needs to get changed. I think they should the have not been honored. I think, think they you know, I was just about to say because some of these statues in Detroit. Yeah. While I never paid attention to none of my life, and I'm being honest, and I went to Wayne State, and I love history. Tiana, I watch history, turn all that. 
I didn't know who none of these people were. And I, and I Googled these people and the things that they did and these statues are like, are you kidding me? But you have to understand what I, uh, what United States was founded on. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, they was represented Racist. as someone yes. that did yeah. something yeah. great. Because right. we used to celebrate Christopher Columbus Day when I was younger growing up. That in, was it, uh, elementary. Right. We had that day already discovered. Right. We had we had the day off. I mean, they literally gave us the day off to celebrate a man who did so much damage, but they never told you that in the history books. No. We never found out until as we got older. Songs and everything. You know, we had a school I was going to a school that was named after him. I went to Columbus Middle School. So therefore it was you part of you part of I was I'm part of so but it was no understanding. Well, it's part of your indoctrination, of yeah. course. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was it was Isn't no understanding and no one broke it down or told us the truth about it. So he was I mean a as I got gave somebody gave Pocahontas syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't say that. They didn't say all that. They didn't say all that. They didn't tell you nothing. Really, because I didn't learn about any of that until I started studying African-American history prior to Columbus. Um, when I was in college, I mean, I studied African American history all throughout high school. Like I didn't. Oh, it ain't right, like But you guys was able to, to get, get that, that yeah, to get yeah, that yeah, training right. and no, that yeah, learning. But, yeah, but we, yeah. Was we wasn't. We wasn't. Still, we wasn't. That was not in our that. era. Yeah. African American history was not in our but era. There not was at no all. Purpose of having African American history in school, high school. I should say not in high school. In high school, that's what I'm saying. Was no purpose of me taking it because it was still about slavery. I didn't learn about any of that until after high school and to college. But that's what I think. I I was speaking about this with someone. I think to rectify and to build our um, relations in this country, because it's so damaged, mm-hmm. I think we should do something starting in elementary school. Race relation course. Yeah. Like, in elementary here. school. You, start in elementary school. That's we're all the same. Yeah, that's race relations. Let, let's, mm-hmm. let's start building this in, in schools because let's, let's start. Because kids don't see color. Literally, they're, they're they're taught. They're, they're it's taught. passed down like a disease. They taught this. That's what Kids makes it disgusting. Don't need to like, see you're a teaching a child this. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. Just like they showed during that, um, in, in Charlottesville, they were showing a, a a little girl and from head to toe, she had to be about th- four. I say give her four, and she had and then Ku Klux Klan gear with the headgear and everything. She's she went hate. she yeah. went no, but she went towards. She was playing with a, a black African American cop. His shield. She was playing with it. She don't see Rich. She see a shield. She's a kid. So it's like, no, none of this stuff is embedded in us. We're actually, you know, we all talk. It was in us. It's love. Teach love. It's love. Love is is in us. That's that's automatic. It's so easy to love someone to hate. It takes too. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to hate. To even get mad. To not call somebody. You see them ass calling. You be like. Right. You know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot not to love somebody, somebody. and right. that shows that you have no heart and no conscience as well. Well, you grew up, yeah. You grew, you grew cold, like a uh, mm-hmm. heart of cold, like uh, mm-hmm. Grinch or something. But you know, it's um, it, I think that I think we have to go back to the basics because everything is basic, you know. But we had to take out of all of this. Um, uh, everything is taught. Yeah. And, think if, and, and, and if it's so if it's so easy to teach this, we can teach good. Yeah, and that's it's so what easy I to say. Teach, yeah. We can teach. There's been plenty of uh, Caucasian, Asian, black, you know, Puerto Rican, whoever. There's been plenty of different things. There's only one race. For, there's been plenty of different people. It's the from, human race. From different ethnicity, right. eth- ethnicities that's done great things. We can teach about all those people together instead of right. leaving it to this, you know, one person that's 
allegedly did this. But but it's about being superior over one thing. Right. And some people still cannot help themselves they but can't. to think that they are the founders of something that they never found. Right. So they still have this mindset of thinking that, oh, well, we want to take back our country. This never it was been never your country. country. Right. It, it was fought for and it was built on the backs of people. That was not your people of your race, but right. they would mm-hmm. never talk about that or give us what we deserve as far as the respect. So I think that taking down the statues to me is a good it's slow a, it's a slow train. It is slow, it is. but it shows to me a respect level of now we are really truly acknowledging that's there was it. a problem. Yeah. That's it. That's like you had an AA minute. This, your, this is like, to me, to me, it's like your first AAA meeting, and I'm acknowledging after my hundredth time, I'm standing up and telling my story. Right. Because we've seen your story. You at the AA, you've been coming to this AA meeting for over for, 300 years, right. 40 and I, years. And, I, and we've seen your story, but we were just waiting for you to stand up to say, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Hi. We know you had a problem for 400 Bob years. My name, my, name my name is America. Right. My name is America and I'm a racist. Right. We get it. Of course, everybody, though, like everybody in we here is it. like, it's just ridiculous. Everybody We get it. And so I think, I think that is, a, it's a, like a small moving boat, but it is moving. It's you know, moving. just like how they took down Columbus um, holiday. We don't celebrate no more. Exactly. But it's just a slow, literally slow, literally slow moving boat it into is. the right directions. But it still has to be a dramatic change it, for it the future for our be. kids. Yeah. And I think the more we educate, because sometimes we cannot, like I say, we always say you, you, you want your educators, like teachers and things to teach your children. But again, it starts at home, it starts does. at the womb. But sometimes our parents are from generations so mercury grounded in racism different mm-hmm. things we still we still need to have something set in our uh, government to say this is it's a problem it's but a if, problem. if our government don't see a problem and things don't see a problem then it's gonna be still be a problem but so i don't know how to change or change the love is it's our community our, so when things but like that when you can't rely on your government is, you gotta rely right. on each other just yes. like the hurricane all this disaster we gotta start relying on each other for exactly. help exactly yeah. we go, go we gotta go back to the basics on that on love and everything else um all right, so okay, so I guess we talk about Chris Rock. So basically, you know he's running for senator. Chris Rock, who is? Chris I mean, Rock. oh girl, Chris <laughs> <Kid laughs> Rock, girl, all these rocks. Wait a minute, I was talking about black folks, but the Chris Rock. Forget <laughs> <laughs> about Kid Rock. It's okay. Kid Rock. Yes, I heard he was running for senator. <laughs> yeah, and so in like his so much. Wait, I guess, Kid Rock is running for senator mm-hmm. in Michigan. In Center, Michigan. And so... I don't know if he's made it official, but yeah. Yeah, he, he kind of like did like a little uh, campaign speech in one of his concerts. Not here. Um, but he made a campaign speech saying how he denounced um, Nazis and want them to leave and how he denounced welfare system. He don't like it. He said, if you can't... He kind of kind of almost quoted the Michael Jackson song. If you can't have... It, stop if you can't have... If you can't for the baby, stop having these babies. That's kinda, he kind of quoted Michael Jackson on that. Mm-hmm. But um, he basically said, if you can't afford your kids, stop having kids, and we're not about to pay... But he, he cussed throughout the yeah. whole speech. And I'm not paying either because I'm a young African-American <laughs> male with no kids and I can't even get it and I'm and, paying for it. And then he said that he, instead of just taking out welfare, he said that he would like to place more uh, jobs yeah, that's and child care. 
options. Right. And I understand that, but I, I had the discussion with someone else before, and I think people sometimes miss the point. You can, you know, say, okay, this is what you want to do, and you want to take people off the welfare system, but let's be real. We want to, we're talking about, we were talking about racism. Yeah. The welfare system was never designed for blacks. It, it was, was already it designed for uh, white America. Let's yeah. be real about it. That's what it was designed for because so many of their husbands were being deployed and they needed a way to care for those women and their children. And so we just kind of jumped on the bandwagon what we Once tend we to got do. Rights. You know, um, as black Americans, we just kind of jump on, you know, oh, okay, this that sounds good, I'm going to do it. But at the same time, yes, you should not constantly keep having kids if you cannot afford to take mm-hmm. care of them. But at the same time, if you're going to send me to work at somewhere that's only going to pay me a minimum wage, you please explain to me how I'm going to pay for this daycare right. of two of my children that right. I have to place in there because they're not school age yet. Right. So if you're not making a way to make daycare affordable, then don't tell me about less than everybody back to work. You got to make things affordable for people as well as housing. Right. Our housing market is suffering. We got so many women that's displaced. Mm-hmm. But I understand that. But at the same time, I'm sorry, maybe I'm playing devil's advocate no, here. you fine. Do. But. But at the same time, I mean, I, I understand both sides of it, but don't you think there's some responsibility at home mm-hmm. systemically when it comes to African-American families to say it's great to have kids, but why can't you do it in the way that we should traditionally do it? Yes. And quit having all these children that you really can't afford to take care of. And that's but that's I easily should. said when you have a mindset. Uh, we 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 are creatures of habit. So if yeah, we're taught but the, a certain isn't way it time in the home, to change, isn't it time to change? It is the time habit. to change it. But if you don't you learn anything else, it's time I, and the Bible speaks it. of that, our people perish for lack of knowledge. The thing is, some people are just not knowledgeable because what's taught in the house is to stay on the welfare system. What's and, taught to them and, is and to I remain totally, in these ways, and we don't know how to change the mindset. So first, we have to do is teach them. We can't just that's my point let's teach them but we have to be ones that's willing to learn you have to find those that's humble enough to get the message and want the change rather than that you'll never do anything but have a bunch of rhetoric and just talking around it but no one is actually influencing anyone I've never had welfare. I pay taxes and I pay for insurance out of my pocket. And I'm a young African-American well, male raised by a single parent. And I learned that from my mother. Well, the thing about this so government. What I'm is, but you, your mother was, your you mother was raised. You not, very, mom, whether you're ready or not, they, they take it away. They, yeah. they get rid of it. Ready. Like how they say, uh, Lord, yes, here, ready or not, here I come. That Whoever, whatever race or color you are. The welfare system is changing. It's changing. They're trying yeah. to change. You it. would My not have me, the opportunity to sit on it for generations and generations. Yeah, they are struggling, which I don't think is a bad thing. It's not. It's not. I don't think it's I a mean, bad I, thing. I've had my my times. I mean, I'm in radio, so that's, that's like being an actor yeah. or actress, and I got a job and I don't. And there are yeah. times where I had yeah. to rely on a system that I me paid too, into. So there's nothing right. wrong, wrong with the with help. Help. But systemically, I'm just saying that to stay on it, to stay on it, and we have to start changing that paradigm. How we exactly how how we pass that on to our children. So I'm not trying to be funny because no, if, no, if, no, you look right. at, if you look at black females, one, two, three kids, maybe by different fathers or whatever, but going to her neighborhood, her friends and all of them are married and they got a husband. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. I'm not trying to, I mean, I mean, but do you understand, I, I mean, but, you, but you understand what I'm saying? In the work that I'm in now, Oh no! I mean, it's it changing. Is, it but has it's changed still. dramatically it, and people do not acknowledge it. There are more 
uh, Caucasian women who's sitting around and having babies and been on the system for years, for years and they have ignored it and, and keep blaming it on the African American woman. And they sit out there. You can go to Port Huron, honey, and see them Statistics all. Statistics show that you can go to they Taylor. Can see them you can all. go to you Taylor. Go to Taylor. You, you can go, right go down River. The and Taylor. They have multiple kids and they sit there on the system and smoking weed all day. Okay, and no one has challenged that. No one. Okay. All so right, y'all. Yeah, that, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so I know we got a little overtime. <laughs> it's overtime. This was fun. L looking like, eh. <laughs> L like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So I did want to talk about Kiki Wyatt, but we'll talk about that next time. Okay. Um, she, her husband left her girl in the middle of everything. <laughs> but I didn't want to talk about that. She uh, said she sang better than Beyonce. Kiki White be pushing it, so who knows? Kiki White can sing. But Kiki yeah. White got issues. Issues. Ooh, and also vocally as well. It's not about continuously running. I was surprised Ooh. he said as long as he did. Kiki can sing. Tuesday. She can sing. Next Tuesday, we talk about Kiki. Next Tuesday. And we talk about the Juicy Letter, because that was a good Juicy Letter, too. All right. All right, y'all. We ran over this time, but thank you. Thank well, you. Thank you for coming having me. I yes. enjoyed this today. But we want to put all our matters, information on our social media, so please stay connected and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Talk Juicy Detroit and at Twitter at Talk Juicy 313. And if you have any issues or any Anything you want us to discuss on uh, our juicy letters, please write in and let us know. We'll discuss you on our next show. Uh, until next time, always keep it juicy. Toodles. Goodbye. It was nice being here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>